I'm back, baby. Oh, my double crap. Do you know who I am? No, but maybe if you hum a few bars. Yes, sir, random kid I just met. You know, this man's forgotten more about pain than you'll ever remember. About pain. About forgetting about. It's Jake C. Lee. I am the low rating that cancels your program. I thought you were made of sterner stuff. Don't be jealous because I'm attractive. You know what? You just made the list. <laughs> oh, wait, you're serious. Let me laugh even harder. It's time to check the link. I like that. I didn't do anything wrong because I can't do anything wrong. Hooray! People are paying attention to me. It's all in sports. Welcome to All in Sports. It is Jake Seeley. As always, follow me at All in Kid, as you should know to do at this point. But just in case you don't, that's where you find me. That's where you check the link. That's where you find all the information and goodness that I tweet out every single week for you guys to hopefully get you covered and get you a win. By the way, don't forget, if you're not an athletic subscriber and you go to check the link and you want to figure out how to get that and save 30%, you can also do so. Go to theathletic.com front slash all in sports. You're listening to all in sports. It's very simple. Theathletic.com front slash all in sports. You get 30% off. Become a subscriber. We got stuff all year long. It's not just football. Chris Meany's got you covered for basketball. He's on the show today, as always. We got baseball coming up for the season when that's around. We even have hockey for you guys that play that. So we have you covered. Whatever you want, go check it out. Hashtag, as I said, check the link. Today is a big show, as we always do. Also. I have my shirts again. I have two this time. It's not just the Check the Link shirt. So I have the Check the Link shirts. I also have the Check the Link shirts in different colors this time. It's not the green anymore. I got you guys navy blue and gray. I also have a Band Kickers shirt. I'm going to be wearing that as soon as they come in. I got one for myself, obviously. I'll be wearing it on a Pat show, so you'll get to see it in person. If you remember Kung Fu, the game. Actually, was that even the game's name? I don't remember. I'll have to double check. I should double check. I should know this as I used him. I used him on the front, and it's a big red circle. It says band kickers, hashtag underneath it. You'll see it. It's a great shirt. I got those in similar colors, and I even think I did a red or an orange of one of them. I don't know. Tell me if you want one. They're 20 bucks with shipping. I'm not even really making any money off them. I just want you guys to have them. So it's the flat price with the shipping, and I should be able to get them all out to you guys, except for Canada. Sorry, that's too expensive. But let me know if you want them. I got medium larges and extra larges, so start taking pre-orders, I guess. I don't know. All right, as we do every Thursday, it's James Coe. Follow him at James D. Coe. Follow him for all your next-gen stats needs. And, of course, on Sunday mornings, make sure you're checking him out on the Fantasy Zone. But you know what, James? Besides that, I'll let you, again, make sure you tell everybody where to find this. You Also, I didn't even mention your work over The Athletic, which is probably the most important thing if we're doing this podcast. But uh, <laughs> right. Share with everybody any things uh, you got going and all that type of stuff. I mean, yeah, you pretty much hit it all on the head, you know. You could right, find so that, that we don't even need to do that. <laughs> pretty much not. I mean, I think you need to just, yeah, you get me on Twitter, you know. Um, as your followers know who have who have followed me on Twitter, you know, I do a pretty good job of trying to uh, answer as many questions as possible. Trade questions are tough, but you know, the, the, that's the time of the season. And if you need a second opinion, definitely follow me on Twitter for that. And um, uh, yeah, all the other you know venues you mentioned. Athletic Column comes out on Friday. Direct TV every Sunday morning, an hour before kickoff. Direct TV channel seven hundred four. But James, yes, should I trade Alshon Jeffrey? 
question mark. It's like, uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, yes, you're getting Antonio Brown back, right? Yes. Yeah, of course. Oh, we like, please give us context so we can help you. Right. Right. <laughs> I, t- I always said that because James mentioned the same thing on Twitter the other day last week. I saw as well as we, we need some context people to help us, help us help you. Right. But speaking of trying to help you, there's been a lot of conversations about this and I already talked about it in the waiver column, but I do want to talk to you about it. The biggest one is probably the Falcons backfield because you know, there's a lot of people out there that try to hold on and hold on and hold on for the waiver wire, whether it's that number one spot or what you should be doing is using auction money or whatever it might be for the big hit. You know, obviously, like I got, I own David Johnson in quite a few leagues. I got pit in my stomach when he came out briefly for that game. Like, oh God, here we go. I don't have Chase Edmonds because I can't really stash him anywhere, but this is now I'm going to have to blow everything. And I don't think I have enough in a lot of my leagues. Fortunately, he came back, but we're always waiting for that kind of shoe to drop. Now, Devontae Freeman being out for the rest of the season, we've already been playing this game with Tevin Coleman, and Ido Smith has been getting more work as of recent. Hasn't looked that great, but he's getting touchdowns. But now we know, officially done for the year. So the big question is Ido. Where are you? Is he a must-add? Is he blow your top spot? Is he go spend your money? Are you – he could potentially push Coleman back into his old Coleman role, or is it – well, look at his yards per carry. Look at at what he's doing so far. He's just more of a timeshare piece. Yeah, I, I think for me, it's probably going to be a 60-40 timeshare in advantage of Tevin Coleman. But given how this offense is operating right now, it's a very healthy offense. Um, I mean, even a 40% share in this offense is pretty good. You know what I mean? And again, I'm not really too worried about 3.2 yards per carry. Um, you know, I, I dug around into the next-gen stats, and, and the NGS picture is really, really interesting, man. Um, they've got an elusiveness measure called yards gained after close. Again, think of it like yards after contact, except instead of contact, it measures it from when a defender gets to within one yard, which is, I mean, I cannot explain to you how much better of a metric that is because again, if you're a running back or a ball carrier, you don't want to be contacted. That's the whole point, you know? (laughs) Uh, but yes, in the, in that measure, it's, and again, elusiveness measure, um, he actually has the sixth best mark among all running backs with at least 25 carries. So, I mean, the guy is actually, per advanced stats, an extremely elusive uh, running back. The reason his yards per carry is way down there at 3.2 right now is because on his 30-ish runs or whatever it was, um, his offensive line hasn't given him any help at all. Uh, right. they are, there's another, I'll give you another next gen stat. Uh, it's an offensive line measure called yards gained before close, uh, not after close for running backs, but before close for the, uh, offensive line. It's how far does the offensive line get upfield before a defender can get to, to the ball carrier. And in this measure, uh, the Falcons offensive line for Edo Smith in particular, uh, are generating negative, negative <laughs> 1.4 yards. And you're like, how that was going to be my guess. How, how does how does an offensive line generate negative one point four? It's it's when a defender penetrates Bengals into the backfield. 2017. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, the defensive line is pushing the O line back, or there's just that one defender who just pierces through the line uh, and blows up a play. Uh, and Tevin Coleman's gotten a lot of those, you know. So um, so yeah, I would well, expect let me ask that you this real quick to that point because I, I you, it's really great numbers, and I saw the same things. I had a feeling you were going to go because also I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure you saw it, but week six, Ito actually led the entire league in the efficiency rating, and it wasn't even close between him and Carlos Hyde. And Coleman was third. Um, but 
the that's that's where does the use concern you similar to the situation what we're seeing Mike McCoy do with David Johnson? Hey, let's run him between the guards because that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> does, well, this make, does that concern you despite how elusive he is? Is the fact that they're not using him in the best way so far? Well, I think for me, and again, the other thing with Edo Smith too, he's got four, four, five. 40 speed um you know i've seen it you know i guess on the upper range at, uh, at four or five flat but still regardless we're talking about a running back uh at a southern miss that has got a lot of speed um i don't i don't necessarily think they're utilizing him in a terrible way um you know they run a lot of outside zone you know and and and, and if teams can figure out or if your offensive line is not mobile enough outside zone just doesn't work so even if you want to get to the outside uh it might not necessarily work uh, so that being said, you know, that, and again, I, I've watched 20 ish Edo Smith runs. A lot of the, a lot of the problems is they were trying to run outside zone and it just didn't work, you know, like a defensive tackle would break through or whatever. And all of a sudden, instead of outside zone, it becomes inside zone or, or you gotta, uh, or, you know, Edo Smith has to do even more creative runs. So I don't know, man, I look overall, the, the ATL O line is generating, you know, positive 0.6 yards. So if you're just doing the math, you know, negative 1.4 plus 0.6, if, it, if we go get to regression to the mean, positive regression, it's a two-yard difference. That's, that's a lot, man. So yeah. uh, I'm expecting some pretty big gains, actually, from Edo Smith. It, at least that's what the advanced numbers would indicate. Would you rather have Marlon Mack or Edo Smith if you could only pick up one? I would rather, you know, it's, I, I think I would still rather have Ito Smith, even though Marlon Mack is going to be the lead back. It, and it's only because, again, um, I just think Atlanta's defense is bad. Atlanta's offense is good. So they're going to have to score a lot of points, which is going to put Ito Smith in pretty favorable positions. Well, so that, you know, it's funny you say that because the biggest thing we're dealing with this week is a terrible survivor pool. Are you going with the Colts if you can't take the LA teams and uh, also if you can't take the Patriots? Or not, I don't know if anybody would really want to risk that. But I, I, well, that's the biggest question. Go back to it. Would you risk the Colts now that Derek Anderson's at quarterback? I kind of, yeah, I think I would. Look, man, the Colts defense isn't nearly as bad as some of the numbers would indicate they've given up big plays you know uh which obviously hurts your overall numbers but are the buffalo bills a team that can connect on a big play i i don't think they are (laughs) i mean that could be wrong i mean honestly when we have said that was going to happen last week with rock osweiler (laughs) that's so it's so true it's so true i'm terrified of this game i'm terrified to take the call it's it's interesting to me too. I I don't know if you know this, but Brock Osweiler has actually beaten the Bears. He's actually now three and zero against the Bears with three different teams. <laughs> has that ever happened? Oh my God! Wait, wait, wait! I got it. So I'm I'm looking right now. Do the Giants play the Bears next year? I'm looking. <laughs> I mean, it's because so, I mean the Giants got to go. They're not going to have you like Manny, right? I mean, there's no oh, way. I see what you're saying. Yeah. And then they're going to somehow pick up Brock Osweiler. Yeah, and then he'll that come in for whoever gets hurt that week, like Tyrod Taylor. Actually, you know what? Just to throw that out there, I just painted this scenario in my head last night, and I think it makes a ton of sense. Is Tyrod Taylor potentially going to get a situation next year where he goes to the Giants, plays they a couple... draft a quarterback. And then gets usurped by, like, game five by the rookie quarterback. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be Justin Herbert over there. Dude. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be awesome, man. It'd be... 
<laughs> oh my God, Tyrod Taylor over there again. Justin Herbert takes his takes his oh. takes his playbook again by week five. Oh no. Oh, oh no. Tyrod, we love you, man. <laughs> no, you know, honestly, we man. Love you fantasy. I look, honestly, I and I'm being a hundred percent dead serious. I, I hope that Tyrod actually gets another starting gig because I, I don't think he was as bad as advertised. And I here's my thing. I just think he put they put him in an impossible situation. They're like, no, no, don't worry. We're not gonna switch out the quarterback. And it's like, okay, Hugh, I, I've seen your track record, pal. <laughs> you know? It's like it's like I've seen your heat. You know, it's like and, and there's so much pressure for Tyrod to perform, and obviously he didn't. But I think if he can go to a low pressure situation, I think he he actually will be a really you know functional quarterback. Yeah, I actually, if he went to if that scenario, let's go back to that scenario real quick. If he went to the Giants and the Giants pulled him in, and then they drafted Justin Herbert, I think you would see less pressure because that's. You have, like you just said, we've heard this. We know you. We we know you. And but the Giants organization is a much more patient, forgiving. I mean, look at what they're doing with Eli Manning right now. I think that would have less pressure on him because it wouldn't be the hey, look over your shoulder from day one. It might be look, we're sticking with you the entire year, unless you get hurt, and then we'll talk about Herbert next year. Like I can Man. see them being <clears throat> that organization. You know, you know what's funny though. I will, I will bring up the past, and I know it's a long time ago, but I don't, I don't know if that's the case because remember they had Kurt Warner, and then they drafted he Eli was, Manning. He was stinking it up. Kurt Warner was, but Kurt Warner's resume was fair, much, fair, much better than Tyrod Taylor's, and they were like, "Nah, dude, you're out." <laughs> You know what I mean? It's a, talk about a reverse course. It's like, hey, Eli, you made Kurt Warner look good, and we're going to still go with you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Kurt Warner, yeah, he, I don't know if they give him a fair shake because obviously when he got with uh, the Cardinals, it, he was back on See, top. It, it's so – I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Situations make a difference. You know, psychology matters. You know what I mean? Where, where can we put Tyrod next year? That Jacksonville. Let's get him there. And then he can't lose his job. Oh, my goodness. That would be perfect. Are you kidding I me? Just, Play action? Yeah. It'd be Dude, great. We just found it. That's it. Yeah. Right there. Boom. Go get it. I just don't know if Coughlin feels – he's never been a fan of the, the mobile quarterback types. So. It's true. It's true. But maybe somebody could get some uh, play action stats in front of him. And that's true because he does love that. I mean – I mean, Oh, my God. He's so good at that. Yes. yes. He's so great at that. Because, he first of all, he loves the deep ball. But deep balls are, you know, and again, I will go. We can go all day into the numbers, but play action sets up the deep ball better than anything else in, in the league. You know what I mean? So, Remember when Eli used to be able to do that? Oh my god! I feel so. I feel bad because Eli's gone from like turned into an Eli trashing show. I don't know because I actually like Eli. You know, I actually like Eli. I don't. You know I mean, what? he's you said it, like I'm a Giants fan, so even in his best days, he wasn't that good of a deep ball thrower. That's true. I just think he was a pretty good overall thrower. Um, you know, obviously he was wildly inconsistent. That's kind of like the the knock on Eli, but right. Um, I liked him overall, man. You know, it's like he went from reviled to great <laughs> to reviled to great, and then now he's reviled again. You know, it's like yeah. all right. Like uh, if you man, asked Eli to season. throw it into a pool fifty yards downfield at his prime, you'd be like. <laughs> Okay. Will he make he's, it? No, no, no. I'm saying like he's oh, he's great. got that. But if you said like within, I'm I'm talking like a full pool. I was gonna drop it down oh. to like if you asked him to get to a kiddie pool, he's gonna 
miss it. And that's the thing. It's like, I just remember so many plays with like Plaxico Burris. And I mean, even the Tyree date, like the, the, I forget that catch. It's just, I remember so many. It's like, oh my God, the play action worked. Oh my God, he's running down field uncovered. Oh my God, Eli missed him by three yards. Like, that's just, <laughs> I remember that so often. But uh, can, I, can I say one last thing about Eli and then we'll oh, move on? Of course. On, but of course. I, don't, I do not think any other quarterback in history could have handled the New York media as well as Eli Manning. I mean, the guy just gets stomped on by the New that's York true. media. And the guy just keeps coming back, and he never gets frustrated. I love that about him. I love that about him. That's that, that is true. He's got a great poker persona. I was going to say face, but his. I mean, he would just yeah, because the Eli Manning face. <laughs> he would just. <laughs> God, does he just have a terrible hand every single time? Why is he even betting? Like, <laughs> he actually, I love it. he might be a terrific poker player because of that. You would never you're think right. he's again ever. You're right. You're a hundred percent right. He never. Yeah, you're right. He never shows you a positive face. It's so oh. great. He would just do that shoulder shrug backward mm-hmm. things that he always does when he's like. Indeed. Ah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about another running back situation. Coyle okay. Clement and Smallwood. Because we were dealing with this last week, and this is, you know, something might develop. It doesn't look like there's any really traction right now with a trade for LaShawn McCoy. But we had the game, and up until that point, there have been many times this year where Wendell Smallwood had looked better than Corey Clement. And a lot of people, I think, um, you tell me if, you're, if you disagree, but I think maybe you do, is that people would have said, if you're talking about pure talent, I think there's more in Corey Clement. And then if you watch that game, he certainly looked that way, despite the fact that the touches went to Smallwood. But again, Clement's coming back from an injury. Are we going forward with the assumption, because I am, and this is why I said, like I said, I want to get your opinion, that Clement being the better runner, being the better talent, this is now going to be his backfield, still a Peterson backfield, so it's still probably going to be 60-40 at best. Right. But the one that you want is Clement. I've I've always been on the Corey Clement train, and um, <clears throat> and I I feel like I don't know I feel like you and I were being shattered out of the room uh, regarding Corey Clement because I don't know for whatever reason we were in the minority there, and I just couldn't I guess I just couldn't understand it. I felt like Will Ferrell and Zoolander, like am I taking crazy pills or what, what's going on here? You know, like why is everybody saying Wendell Smallwood when it's so clear to me that it's Corey Clement, but. And so I started to doubt, I really honestly started to doubt myself, like, hmm, okay, maybe I'm wrong here. I don't know, but... I was scared for that game because of the, we've been burned so many times by, like, the Dalvin Cook game and the other... Yeah. That, that, was, my, that was what I was so concerned about last week. But, you know, you know as it worked out, you know, uh, I, I, think, I think what we saw was um, Corey Clement get back on track. As you mentioned, yep. he, you know, didn't play in two straight games because of a quad injury. And then we got that wonderful sideline report of a pitch count. By the way, right. can, can we stop using pitch count in football? It's a snap count. This isn't baseball. Yeah, I don't get that. Because we have a good – you know what's funny, too, is um, they'll use snap count in other sports. Like, why do we do this? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> why? What? What's, what's going on here? Why do, we use, why do we use pitch count when we already have something called snap count? I don't get that. Anyways, <clears throat> the bottom line is um, – for me, it's it's always been clear. Start yeah. throwing out minutes restriction. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't understand what's going. On. I don't. Anyways, whatever. Um, the bottom line is, man. You know, look. Last year, if you look at how they used their backs last year, they had three three pretty good backs. Um, 
and the bigger guys, we're talking about Jay Ajayi and LeGarrette Blunt. They got 250 carries last year in Doug Peterson's offense. Um, this is a team that wants to run power. I, I know it seems like a high-flying, you know, toss-around-the-yard type off, but really, man, when it comes to the run game, they, they run power. Um, they're going to run some outside zone every now and again, of course, but they'll run power, man, and they need those bigger backs uh, to be able to squeeze through small holes and basically generate yards. Um, Jay Ajayi was terrific at that last year. I thought LeGarrette Blunt was just phenomenal. I mean, just phenomenal in that role last year. Um, and his next-gen stats would, would indicate that as well. I won't, you know, get into all that. But the bottom line is, you know, Corey Clement at 225 pounds and Wendell Smallwood at 205 pounds, or is he 210? I think he's 205. But to me, it's clearly Corey Clement coming out of Wisconsin, who's run power, um, the bigger back, you know, again, 220, 220, 225 pounds. It just seems like he's the guy, the more natural fit to, again, absorb most of those carries that we saw last year 250 carries combined between Jay Ajayi and LeGarrette Blunt. that's a ton man um not saying Corey Clement's gonna get there but good lord can you imagine if he was on a you know 220 225 carry pace for the rest of the season that's pretty good so that'd be an RB1 you know what I'm saying yeah so I, I'm just and there's nobody else there. You know, Darren Sproles is going to mix in when he gets healthy, if that ever happens. <laughs> but he's also 36 years old or whatever it is. So, yeah, I, I, again, I just, I, just, I just am so confused. Everyone seems to be on that Wendell Smallwood train, and all the in indicators would tell me that it's going to be Corey Clement. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. I just the health and and just we get burned both directions honestly because we just dealt with that whole one of the 49ers of ah and Alfred Morris and then it's all Matt Breida. Alfred Morris is dead. <laughs> I mean, I could have, but see, that was my thing with with Alfred Morris. Everyone said Alfred Morris, you know, he's got that familiarity with Shanahan. I think I came on this podcast and I said, well, but the familiarity was the Shanahan's basically decreased his role. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like. I don't think I don't think they liked him in in Washington. I mean, you know what I mean? They they get he had a fantastic rookie year and after that they basically decreased his workload each and every single year. So I'm I just was confused by that. Um I, I didn't really buy into that that whole Alfred and plus Alfred Morris is old. So I just I didn't really I didn't understand that part either, but whatever. <laughs> just he's old. <laughs> Frank Frank Gore, hundred yards. Old. Oh my gosh! I know. Don't even talk to me about Frank Gore. I don't. By the I don't, way, I don't is, get it. How's he doing? Do you, do you know? Do you know what the percentage that he saw eight plus defenders in the box last week was? I have no idea. <laughs> so Kenyon Drake was zero, and <laughs> uh, and Frank Gore was six point seven. So basically. Not a whole lot of competition right in front of him for that game, but uh, we're not going to talk about that one. I want to talk about the Titans because this entire team—you want to talk about Eli Manning? Is there any quarterback that's killing his offense more than Marcus? I guess if Peterman was actually at quarterback, but he's not. We, have, we do have Anderson. I mean, can we drop Derrick Henry? Can we drop Deal? And I know it's all relative, and I joked about that very question at the beginning of the show: is you got to give us context, but. If there's somebody out, like, I'll give you here. Let's do Marlon Mack versus Marlon Mack versus Derrick Henry. Marlon Mack versus you know, Deion Lewis. Marlon Mack versus Corey Davis is your flex option. Al, any of those three, all of those three, who are you dropping? The, the hardest for me is Corey Davis just because he's still seeing 30% of the market share on that team. 
Yeah, in terms of uh, targets or air yards, because I think air yards, he's actually even. I think he's even broken higher. through forty percent, which yeah, is just, yeah. I was <clears> which is just insane. Yeah. yeah, that's like elite. Uh, th- those are elite. You know, in in terms of volume stats, those are like elite volume stats. You know what I mean? So, um, for Corey Davis, look, I don't think any of them are are droppable assets. I think they're all benches until further notice. The matchup has to be right. Uh, I think the last two weeks, the matchup has been, you know, really, really poor. You know, we're yeah. talking about, you know, the Ravens secondary, which is just, I mean, world class, you know. So, um, for me, I, I just think the matchup hasn't been quite right. You know, I think in this matchup against the Chargers, I think this is the spot that you play Corey Davis. Um, and quite honestly, I think it might be the spot where you play Deion Lewis as well. I think Derrick Henry is still, man, I just don't know what to do with Derrick Henry. You know, he looks a little lost out there. Maybe he just doesn't understand the Matt LaFleur offense. That's a strong possibility. The offensive line is banged up, uh, and, you know, they haven't gotten quite as much, you know, push up front as they'd like. So I think Derrick Henry is still a very – I mean, you're basically waiting for a home run run, which is – that's that's tough to to rely on. Um, meanwhile, I think Darren, you know, Dion Lewis still gets work in the passing game, so I think he's still a somewhat reliable asset there. And again, you know, the Chargers aren't, you know, they're not they're not bad defensively. Certainly, I think they're pretty good. Um, but that being said, you know, they can be had as well. So uh, I think if you have Corey Davis, I know I know Hayward is phenomenal, uh, but they'll figure out a way. You know, I think they'll figure it. This is not a shutdown defense by any stretch of the imagination. No. And, um, yeah, and if the Chargers can, you know, rack up a couple points and force the Titans into a little bit of catch-up mode, yeah, sure, why not? I think Corey Davis and Deion Lewis might be viable flex options for you in 12-team or deeper leagues. I pulled it up while you were uh, looking, too, or while you were talking, I was looking. There are five wide receivers over 40%. He is one of them. Do you? I'm going to test your knowledge here. Do you want to guess the other four? I know Julio Jones is number one. Um, num- uh, I, I think, oh my goodness, the other four. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, yep. I see, I don't think Antonio Brown is there. Um, no, he's not. He's 35%. Yeah, which is, by the way, that's just better balance. That's that's what you'd rather see, I think, by the way. Uh, but that's neither here nor there for fantasy. 40% is awesome. Um, gosh, so I got three. Okay. Now, um, oh man, I don't, oh, John Brown, John Brown, John, John Brown Brown's is, up there. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Who's the best receiver in fantasy right now? <laughs> I have no idea. Who, who is it? Adam Thielen. What, what am I? Oh, it's Adams. Oh my goodness. How did I forget Adam Thielen? Yeah, what am I thinking? Yeah, yep. Those are the five 48. Okay. Jones, by the way. And the average now, so this is this the t, so to your point, this is the air yards for team percentage. The average air yards per target for John Brown, by the way, is nineteen point eight. That's so insane. He's averaging twenty five yards per reception. Yeah, for everybody reference wise, Thielen <laughs> is eight point nine. Odell and Corey Davis are nine point eight. Uh, Go back to Antonio Brown; he's ten point five. Those are like, I mean, we're talking about some of the best receivers in the game. His is nineteen point eight. I know it seems like an unsustainable number, um, and quite honestly, I, I I think I'm going to be writing about that for Friday. I just I don't well, think people, that's a sustainable people number. Are panicking. Well, people are panicking after last week, but have you seen that schedule for the rest of the season? 
Is the it Ra- brutal? I haven't seen it. No, it's terrific. The Ra- oh, it's awesome. Schedule. Oh, good. The Raven, yeah, the Ravens schedule the rest of the season. If you're talking about just passing matchups, there's not one poor matchup, and there's oh, only one that's not favorable. Like there's one middle of the road, and everything else is favorable. Yeah, I mean the thing is the Titans have such a <clears throat> an underrated defense. I really underrated them. I I, I I'll be honest with you. I didn't think they were going to be. I thought they might be middle of the road. I, I just didn't think anything of it. You know, like they signed Malcolm uh, Malcolm Butler, but I was like, yeah, Malcolm Butler <clears throat> seems more of like a system dude. So I just didn't. I wasn't that impressed by it. But bottom line is they do have a great great defense. Um, and Baltimore going up against them last week. You know, it, it wasn't that much of a surprise to see that to be a little bit of a defensive struggle. So, um, yeah, man, I, John Brown, interesting. Uh, the schedule, that's, that's interesting. Um, but, yeah, I just don't think the air yard share is sustainable, but who cares? It's not like you're depending on John Brown right. to be your wide receiver one. No. It's like he's, he is, he's the best wide receiver two that you could possibly have. I know some of us can move the market a little bit. Like I even include myself. I'm not trying to be self backpack, but like when you hammer somebody's name enough and write about him enough, you can start to move it a little bit, especially because other people will realize and maybe yeah. somebody else mentions it. And I'll say, despite the fact for two straight months in the preseason, I was hammering John Brown. He was still essentially free in drafts. Yeah, so yeah. to your point is even if he does nothing for the rest of the year, You've you've already been rewarded for what you. Oh, heard. for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. All right. So let's talk. <clears throat> oh, go ahead. Did you want to say one more thing? Oh no, no. I just wanted to say that you know I think his value was uh, pretty deflated only because of the injury concerns. The fact that he's been able to stay healthy is a minor well, miracle, man. Too, thankfully. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. You know, so this is it's cool, man. It's cool to see him healthy and and performing well and performing up to the capabilities that. A lot of folks had for him, man. It's, it's pretty neat, man. Yeah, it's good. All right. Jets wide receivers. Quincy Nua is out for a pretty long time. High ankle sprint. Yeah. So four, six, who knows, eight. You never know when it comes to the weeks for that. But the intriguing part was, I'm not sure if you saw it, but Mike Clay and I were talking about the fact that the game before he got hurt, so two weeks ago now, is that Anua got bumped outside, and they were using curse in the slot a lot. And a lot of talk was, is this to avoid Chris Harris, or is this a new thing going forward? And we both agreed, and there was a, we just started this whole conversation, and the whole point wasn't, okay, this is definitively the news, this is definitively what's going to happen, but it was the fact of, if Anua is going to stay outside, that's concerning. Well, now uh, is hurt, so it's kind of out the window, but the thing that remains true and now is a permanent factor is Jermaine Curse is in the slot. Jets wide receivers, curse in the slot, Sam Darnold, and specifically this matchup this week too, which is very advantageous for slot wide receivers. Are you like me where I'm getting pretty excited about Jermaine Curse in PPR leagues? Um, yeah, I mean, anytime the you know target share opens up that much because Anunwa was averaging so many targets per game, um, you know, there's going to be opportunities that present themselves. I still think <clears throat> Jermaine Curse is a very up-and-down fantasy asset, um, and who knows where the touchdowns go. Um, we're, we're still right. dealing with the rookie quarterback that doesn't really have, you know, to, to be honest, I don't think he really has tendencies right now. Um, I mean, Robbie Anderson exploding onto the scene a couple of weeks, that came out of nowhere. Even Quincy Anunwal to open the season, that was, like, very unexpected. You know, the guy was averaging, I think, like, you know, almost 10 targets a game the first couple of weeks. So it's like, well, I, I just, <laughs> well, that's what I don't know what to make. <laughs> I, I, that's what I'm saying though. I, I just don't know what to make um, 
of the Jets passing attack. So because again, you're you're thinking, okay, a noon wall, they're mixing him up, you know, it's like slot outside. Okay, maybe that's why but then it's Robbie Anderson. You know what I mean? Where did that come from? Um, and I get that some, you know, the, the touchdowns came on broken plays essentially. Although right. one was it's like the Tyrell week last week. That's what I kind of feel like. It's you're gonna yeah, get it felt get fluky. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're gonna get three to four of those a year. Um, but that's what the big play wide receivers are for. That's what that's what you get them for. You get them. Yeah, in- you're right. I just, yeah, man. It's just for me. I, I just, um, I just don't know what to make of that whole thing. And I, I just think it's a. Uh, I think you may very well be right. You know, maybe, maybe it's a Sam Donald prefers that guy in that slot, but. And Jermaine Curse is a very professional receiver, man. So um, all of those things line up, I think. But um, I just – I don't know, man. There's just something about watching that passing attack. Uh, and me, like when I try to break it down, it's like, I don't know where the hell this ball's going, dude. <laughs> but maybe I'm just wrong, man. So, um, so yeah, you know, people have asked me about Jermaine Curse online, but – and I don't have a great feeling about it, but, you know, other people seem to, to be pretty confident. So – Maybe I just go with other people's confidence there. All right. Well, I got one more situation, and then we'll do three rapid fires to get you out of here. Oh, also, one quick thing. Uh, since you are, you're such a broadcaster as you are. Uh, I do this as much as I do. Can we stop giving Jason Witten so much crap for the rabbit out of the head? Like, we've never messed up with our audio before. Like, we've never <laughs> had a word club in our life. Right. Like, I, you know, I guess I'm – I guess I'm uh, – I don't know, man. I, I'm a little bit confused regarding Jason Witten. I, I don't think he's the best. Oh, no, but, not at all. Uh, yeah, but that being said, it's like I think we've all listened to enough football guys. It's like there are a lot of not-so-great color commentators out there. You know what <laughs> I mean? Are. Um, and he's I don't, not the first person to mess. I think, I think that's what it is. Uh, to your point, he's not the best, uh, especially at the beginning of the season. He was just – um, like he wasn't saying enough and then when he was saying he was saying stuff that didn't really matter and I think that was the problem he was trying to find his footing but he got thrown into Monday Night Football which that was the mistake I agree um, yeah and I and like if he was doing and that's the thing even Tony Romo didn't start in primetime you know what I mean right. like he got he got reps on like these you know you know 10 a.m. So West Coast games they moved him over quick that's right that's what was. he's not yeah. he's going to be Tony Romo Oh, exactly. That's exactly right. And I think part of the part of the conversation too is that Jason Witten seems like a little stiff, and um, and it's true he probably is. But you know, again, I don't know. I, I, it it's, it's unfair, I basically. In, yeah, it was the first time I came in defense of Jason Witten. I was like, dude, come on! Like nobody's ever messed up on TV. <laughs> I have. I know that as a fact. I I do the Washington Huddle, which is a local one for the Redskins here, and I, I messed up Adrian Peterson two times, and I finally just stopped myself and I said, "Could I just say his name correctly?" And it just, <laughs> you know, it happens sometimes. That's it happens, live television. Man. That's exactly right. It's not edited, man. It's all live, and you know, people are going to make mistakes. I, like I don't know. I think he's being unfairly skewered. I don't know why. I don't know why people hate him so much, but maybe it's because <laughs> he's a former cowboy, and and again, it's in prime time, so the the entire focus is on. Is on that. I think Booger. Well, first of all, the star of the show has really been Booger. Booger, is Booger, it Booger McFarl- no, wait, wait, is it Booger McFarland or the back of his head? <laughs> <laughs> I love the little, you know, the little cart that he's on, man. I think he's awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, it's the thing that goes up and down stairs, but it's like ten times more powerful up and down the side. So cool. It's so cool. No, but I mean, he's been the star of the show. I, I like Joe Tessitore too, but um, but I like high energy guys. I can't listen to him without thinking boxing. Oh, you're totally right. You're 100% right. 
but a lot of fans seem to not like the energy because he he brings it in terms of the energy. Uh, but I like it, man. I like guys like that. I like Gus Johnson. You know what I mean? Like, I was I like just guys about like to say, crazy. how much do we have to pay Gus Johnson to come back to basketball and just do everything? I mean, just, that would be pretty cool, man. I miss him so much on, on those uh, tournament games, but whatever. Neither here nor there. Yeah, neither here nor there. But it's just good, good point. Uh, Broncos running backs. Terrific Broncos matchup. Broncos running back. Yeah, Thursday Night Football, baby. Oh, there was, there was no transitioning out of that. I just... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's glorious tonight. And, you know, if you're listening to this after the fact, you'll have the answer. But I, where are you going? Are you going with Philip Lindsay just because he's the most trustworthy? And now, I say that with a huge caveat because it's a third, a third, a third for the running backs. But at least he's been usable. But maybe this is a Royce Freeman two-touchdown game. Like, I mean, eh, what do we do with this, if anything? I- I think if you've got either Freeman or Lindsay, I think you play them. You know, the, the matchup's too nice. <clears throat> I don't – I mean, I guess there are teams – there are teams out there, certainly, that, that have both Freeman and Lindsay. Um, and if that's the case, I, I, I hesitate to say play them both. But logically – here's the thing. Logically speaking, you should play both. Um, and the reason I say that is because if you had one individually, you'd play them. So – each decision is an individual decision. So right. that being the case, you logically should play both um, against the Cardinals. And that's what I kind of sort of tell people. And I know that, I know that seems extremely risky, um, but the, that concept of risk is actually more mental than it is mathematical. You know what I'm saying? No, um, I do. Would you so, go with the Broncos running backs or the Jets running backs against the Vikings? Yeah, see, give me the Broncos all day long. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I just think, look, the Broncos have just been gashed on the ground. Uh, there, there's no team giving up more fantasy points per game to the running back position than the Broncos. We saw Latavius Murray uh, rise up out of the dead like the Undertaker and, <laughs> and actually have a really nice fantasy day. So, um, to me, the Cardinals just can't stop anybody on the ground. A lot of it is defensive scheme because they get upfield trying to rush the passer a lot, and as a result, they just get burned. Um, and you know, whatever that that's their defensive scheme, but you know, teams have taken advantage. So, um, you know, I, I think if you've got Freeman fire him up, if you've got Lindsay fire him up, if you've got both, I think fire both of them up. So, you know, figure out a way, but you know, that's what I would do. And, and I, and I would say this too. And again, we talk about it all the time, you know, I, I'm actually comfortable putting them in the, you know, in your running back spot, still leaving that flex spot open. Um, just in case you need it. So that, that would just be my thing. But, yeah, I think both of them are playable, and I, the matchups are so great. Um, I just don't know how you sit them. That being said, <laughs> the odds makers don't ha- necessarily have this as a very high-scoring game, uh, which does concern me a little bit. So uh, there is there is definitely risk involved there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, you know what's funny? You say that real quick. Make sure people learn – understand this and this is just so you know to do this keep your flex spot open as long as possible i actually right. came back i had hunt and tyreek hill i was down by 50 points on monday night or sunday night i was not expecting this came back and won and i tweeted out the picture i was like yeah hey, this is why fancy can be frustrating but why we play double headers which started a whole different discussion that's not what i'm talking about now <laughs> but i'm only saying yeah. that because people started re- i didn't even notice this people were like that's what that opponent gets for having alshon jeffrey in his flex spot as in he had him there all the way since thursday night so people were like uh-huh. bashing him which was like ah all right so to close things out one to ten scale you can give me a little sentence explanation we'll kind of quick fire here if, if you give me the one to ten 
Dalvin Cook, one to ten confidence starting him because he's practicing as of Wednesday already this week. Uh, one. I mean, the, <laughs> the injury is. I think the injury. Maybe he's trying to still work back from it. If he's on, you know, a snap count, uh, not a pitch count. If he's on a snap count, then you minutes know, restriction. Minutes restriction. It's not. It's just not great. You know. I, you know they need him out there, but I, I just don't trust the workload. All right, one to ten. T. Y. Hilton this week. Same thing, man. It, you know, I just don't – I'd have to see a Friday injury report. You know, I don't know the severity of T.Y.'s injury. I don't think it's nearly as severe as Dalvin Cook's, though. So, um, I wouldn't say it's a one. It's probably more a five today sitting here on a Thursday. All right. One to ten, Josh Gordon breaks out this week. <laughs> um <sighs> Uh, how do I how do, how do I even approach this? Man? Um, <laughs> because he's such a wild card. You know what I mean? He's uh, such a wild card. Caught that touchdown last week. People will be going off the rails. Um, it's 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 in Chicago. I I guess my confidence level is probably a three because <laughs> you know again Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski. You know they've got their running backs now. But if it happened, your surprise level would be like negative five. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, if he breaks out, if he gets a two-touchdown game, I'm not surprised. That being said, you know, my confidence in him having a breakout game, probably a three. Here, because, again, he's, he's so far down the pecking order. I ranked him 30th, and somebody gave me the, why so low on Josh Gordon? <laughs> why so low on Josh Gordon? The funny thing about ranking him 30, dude, is that you could make an argument either way. Right. Do you know how many times he finished inside the top 30 this year? You want to get Zero? I want to say zero. Oh, once. once? Okay. And good. it was like 28th. I think it was barely oh, inside it. All right. So this is the last question. This is going to be a grouping one. No numbers, no whatever. Do you have any hope left for Amari Cooper, Devin Funches, and Kenny Stills? Uh, no on Amari Cooper. Um. <laughs> It's just this. It's a lost season, and I don't understand what's going on. Devin Funches, did you say Devin Funches? Yes, I did. Okay, uh, yes for Devin Funches, hundred percent for sure. Uh, I think he leads the team in air yards, which is great. Um, and even though it's a relatively low volume passing attack, um, he's still the number one wide receiver there. So yeah, I still got some hope in Devin Funches. Kenny Stills, I just I don't know what to do with Kenny Stills, like. The air yards data is all there, you know, target share data is there. It's it's all there for Kenny Stills. But he just it just hasn't put it together and it's been Albert Wilson. Um so yeah, I don't oh man. I still so yeah, if it's a yes or no question, I still have hope for Kenny Stills because some of the the numbers would indicate that a breakout's coming at some point. Um but that being said, you can't play the guy. You just can't you no. just cannot play you're the probably guy. Gonna miss it. And you're going to miss it. That's exactly right. You're absolutely going to miss the Kenny Stills breakout day. 100%. It's kind of like, uh, I think it's Tyrell Williams. You know, you, this is why you play best ball for those kind of players. Otherwise, I mean, can you really start them? And then once they have it, you're chasing the points and you put them in your lineup and you don't get it the next week. It's true. And there's no, I just, it doesn't, it doesn't rely on matchup. I mean, first of all, the quarterback plays so inconsistent. So the matchup really doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It's just the volume stats are there. <laughs> but the quarterback plays wildly inconsistent and just, uh, yeah, you just can't trust it, man. No, you definitely can't. All right, one more time. 
make sure remind everybody where they can find your stuff james because it's great stuff and also every actually you know what i'll just let you talk <laughs> well, I share a lot of this time. I almost went into it. Okay. No, no, no. I, I share a lot of my next gen info that I find during the week uh, on Twitter. So, you know, it's not just, you know, I, I do answer questions too, but I put a lot of info out there in terms of next gen stats. Um, if you find it interesting, great. If you don't, you don't need to follow me, but uh, <laughs> it would be cool if you did. That'd be much appreciated. At James D. Co. The last name is spelled K O H. Uh, and of course, you can find me on DirecTV an hour before kickoff on the Fantasy Zone. It's basically like the Red Zone. We go to every game, we cover every touchdown, but we give you a fantasy twist as well. So that's uh, Fantasy Zone on DirecTV channel 704. And of course, tomorrow, the uh, Athletic column comes out, and the Athletic column each and every week is, of course, focused on next gen stats. So there you go. Make sure you check all that out. I actually complained to DirecTV because my Fantasy Zone was out on Sunday for some reason. So that's oh, how you know ooh. I'm even watching. I was, yeah, I was not a happy camper. But James will be back next Thursday again to dive into these next-gen stats and more topics as we always do. So good luck this week. Enjoy tonight's game of – I have a feeling it's going to be a bad one. But we'll talk to you. <laughs> First of all, you're stupid. Big, dumb, Because you're dumb. Big, fat, What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine, but then... That's me! All right, you heard the music, so you know what it's time for. I always feel like I need like a, not just the music for you, Chris. I need like the legit, like it's Chris Meany. Like, like sometimes, like, some, you know, <laughs> I, I like the intro. The intro is phenomenal, by the way. I don't know if I've ever told you that. It's great. No, I appreciate that. I, I do. I always appreciate the very few and far between compliments that we get. As, as you know, we always see the 99% bad and overlook the one good yeah i was having I, I don't know if anybody saw i'm pretty sure they did i i had a little bit of a hulk out rage fest on twitter last night i was gonna i was gonna bring that up before we got on and talked about the show but you brought it up yeah oh should we talk football yeah let's do it well, it was just like football. ended the podcast right <laughs> all right see you later i'm hungry now I'm gonna- check the link bastards <laughs> check the link read up the articles uh, and tweet me a pic i hope we, yeah i hope we answered all your questions today <laughs> <laughs> we did a great job yeah uh let's talk about the rankings and as we always do let's start at quarterback you have two and i legitimately can't figure out which way you're going with them because you mentioned philip rivers and joe flacco for everybody that doesn't know as of today as of thursday hey guess what sometimes these rankings change by sunday morning so yeah. make sure you're checking the link every day i have philip rivers 11th behind tom brady i have joe flacco at 12th right behind rivers and in front of matthew stafford and again i don't know where you're going <laughs> i don't know where i'm going either no honestly you the quarterback rankings I look at them and I think that they're on par. Even have Andy Dalton five, I'm like, I know Jake's not going to have Andy Dalton as a top five quarterback. This is going to be one of the guys. Top five quarterback. I have Wentz ahead of Luck. Actually, I'm just slightly worried about Luck, and I know Ty Hilton's coming back. It's just Flacco, and I know you have him a little bit higher than the consensus. I think it's 15 on Fantasy Pros. I'm at 10. I know we're just like nitpicking here a couple spots, but I know Philip Rivers has been really good, and he's at home against the Titans. I like Flacco in this spot a lot. 
at home against the Saints, I feel like he's a top 10 quarterback and I would play him over Flacco. Like, or I would play him over Rivers. Rivers. And I would play him over Luck. I feel just a whole lot oh, you're not more get comfortable. Really? Like, what's, what's the deal with Luck? I know he throws the ball a ton, but like, <laughs> like I said last week, you know, Buffalo's done a good job against quarterbacks. And I know the line. Well, it's mostly Tredavious White. Is a, is a mess. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it is, but that's fine too. Like, but they still get a lot of pressure. Like, they still get after the quarterbacks. I know, but we had this talk with Wentz lat with with Watson last week. So, so why luck over say Wentz and and a Flacco? Who I laughed because your projections are higher. Fiftieth person who's asked about luck, and it's not. It's the past two weeks. I've been on the what the hell does luck need to do for people to get on board with him? I I, I really don't get. It's kind of similar to John Brown earlier this season. You said he passes a lot. His minimum attempts is all the way back in week two, which is 31. Every other game has been 40-plus. The last three games, 62, 59, and 43. The last three games, 464, 365, 301. The last three games, four touchdowns, three touchdowns, four touchdowns without T.Y. Hilton for two of those. And I know the interceptions are there, and you're right. You are dead right about Tredavious White. And actually, if T.Y. Hilton is somehow out by the time Sunday rolls around, I do not have any interest in Chester Rogers. I do not. Chester Rogers against Tredavious White means he's getting nothing. There's a, I don't care if he gets 50 passes. There's just, he's slight, he's a, he's a rich man's version of Tony Callaway right now. Like he's throwing, you know, 12 passes his way and catching five and whereas Callaway is catching one. So okay. that's the only difference there. But I like Andrew Luck, if, and you're watching like Andrew Luck is back. And that's what I, that's that, you know what? I'll take it down to that. Let's take it down to brass tacks. (laughs) Cliche for you. Uh, uh, Andrew Luck is back. And if I say Andrew Luck is back and Andrew Luck is Andrew Luck, let's go back to Andrew Luck in his top years. We didn't care about the matchup. Right. No, you're right. And he definitely is back. And you're right. 300 plus yards and, and, his last three games, you mentioned all the touchdowns, all the stats, but the thing is Flacco's throwing the ball a ton too. Like he's averaging the second most passing attempts per game. They run at a, a high pace, high tempo offense. The saints have been amazing on the ground against the run. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how, what they can do against that duo. But I just, we're, that's just, fine. The Saints secondary is just, it's a little bit of a mess right now. And I know, you know, a lot of more, you know, he's a lot better than what he's seen when he's been dinged up. And I think he's going to, well, I'll give you fine, the, but, you know, I would play him just – I would just feel – like, put it this way. In DFS, for example, like, if you had a couple quarterbacks to play, like, who are you playing? Are you playing Rivers? Are you playing Flacco? Neither. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> – oh, All right, that's fair. Yeah. You, have to, you have to play one, Jake. Come on. Play the game. No. Gun to my head. Pick one, bastard. <laughs> like, you just – Can't do it. It's just an interesting week, too, from a DFS standpoint where, uh, you know, you have, have Ryan and then the, that game that got flexed, you know, Mahomes and, and Dalton. Those guys you can't play this week as right. well, so – you know, it's interesting. That's the biggest problem is like some of the best games are off the main slate. That's the worst part about it. So yeah, I I think Baker's going to be hugely popular. I'm not Uh, even crazy about him. I know the matchup, but he's just, he's well sloppy to me. He has, but uh, you know, this is, so the next four weeks are glorious for him. The next four weeks, teams are average. I mentioned this in the waiver column and I think the rankings as my sleeper somewhere in there. Hey, check all the links. Uh, If you look the next four teams, average 30 fantasy points per game, given up to quarterbacks, he's facing three of the top four matchups you can find. And then you also have the chiefs, which surprisingly aren't in the top five, but it is the Chiefs. <laughs> it is. I mean, what like if that game doesn't end up some type of shootout for everybody that faces them, it's going to be a shock. 
the Rivers thing, I actually thought you were going to say he should be higher, and I was going to mention the matchup and the fact that the APA, for people that don't know and haven't checked the link over on uh, the website, is I have APA. Damn! APA, it's adjusted points allowed um, for defenses. And Tennessee is actually the fifth toughest, only behind Buffalo, Arizona, Baltimore, and Cleveland. Did you know Cleveland was number one? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's – and you knew this because that's two of the quarterbacks I'm slightly worried about. I'm giving a little bit of respect to Buffalo and Tennessee there. Um, yeah, and, and, yeah, I'm avoiding Jameis in the tournament. Yeah, and, and I get that. Yeah, I fully understand. Cleveland, I mean, I still think they lead the league in takeaways. You know, uh, we can just... It's not that... So let's do quick, because you and I both do DFS, real quick, yeah. for everybody out there. It's not that Jameis can't have a big game, and it's not that potentially he could be in a winning lineup. The, the reason, so why you would fade Jameis in a situation like this is because he's going to be popularly owned. He's going to highly owned because of the past games, the, the fact that his defense is awful, the fact that everybody expects them to always be passing. So you have a high ownership with a high risk of things going wrong given the matchup. So if you pivot off of him and he has even just a – even if he goes out there and has 282 and 2, but that's not a winning lineup quarterback right. – and because you faded him, you're ahead of so many people because he's going to be highly owned. Right, yeah. And you look at the game script last week, it kind of got out of, the, out of the hand a little bit. But Rivers, you know, he didn't need to throw the ball that much. But 207-2, and two, earlier in the year, Drew Brees, 243-2. and two, He struggled at times. That game was in New Orleans. Uh, Derek Carr had a, had a crazy game against them. That was weird. Uh, but Darnold was, was held in check, 169 and nothing. And Big Ben had three picks uh, in that game and a bunch of turnovers as well. And just their defense is it's just ball hogs, man. They just get after you. So yeah. and for, for Baker Mayfield, I get it. All those matchups, like they're fine, but I need to see a little bit more from him. Um, I just well, feel to like... Be fa- and to be fair, I have him at 16. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair ranking. Like, I'm not, I'm not really that high on him. As you mentioned, Pat and Pat's all about him this week. I get it, the matchup, and then he's got the Steelers coming up. The Chiefs, man, nobody has given up this amount of yards since 1940 in the first six <laughs> weeks. Like the passing of yards, it's it's unbelievable. So it's, Actually, it's hard. Not speaking to of the reverse, it. you heard the reverse for the Bills up there, right? What? No, <laughs> it's the worst. All it's the second worst offense through the first six. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. I thought you meant their defense. Yeah, I mean they're pathetic. I mean it's sub two hundred passing air games all the time. They can't, they can't move the ball. They can't score when they get inside the red zone. They don't know what to do. They James and I talked about this. Do you think it's thumbs up or thumbs down for their offense with Derek Anderson at quarterback? Oh, it gets halfway. Like it was definitely thumbs down with Peterman, but like it's right. I turned turn the notch like halfway there. Like they should be able to move the ball a little bit better. I mean Shady's been okay the past couple weeks. He's getting a lot of volume and. The Colts have been good oh, against the run, but he'll probably of, Yeah. This is like now that we're down this rabbit hole. Did you happen to see the tweet by Bill Barnwell about the Bills and Nathan Peterman? No, I didn't. It's basically his tweet. I'm I'm paraphrasing here, is basically I, I'm convinced you're always going to find somebody to argue for something because he was tweeting about Peterman and how bad he is. <laughs> and some dude comes by the way, not surprising, it was an egg, Avi. Mm-hmm. Okay, like comes yeah. back and yo, we're talking about the guy who's never gotten a full start where his team hasn't been hugely down beforehand and let him down. And by the way, doesn't have a myriad of people to throw to like soft on noodle seventh rounder, by the way, speaking of Tom Brady, not only did the dude just argue for Peterman, like it's like, he's not terrible. The dude brought in Tom Brady <laughs> as an argument of why Peterman's not good or why yeah. he's not, not good. 
Yeah, arguably the best quarterback of all time and arguably the worst of all time. Peter. <laughs> like honestly, argue about everything. They yeah, they really do. They just get sour and cranky and they just they just want to argue just for the sake of arguing. Yeah, Peterman stinks, man. Like it's <laughs> it's too bad. I feel bad for him. Like he comes into that game last week and what does he do? He throws a pick six like I told you, and it worked out perfectly. Too bad Josh Allen got hurt, but you remember this. You remember what I told you in the preseason, right? When everybody was like, why are they starting Nathan Peterman to start yes. the season? I told, for people that don't know, I said the Bills were actually being shrewd and being smart. You bring in Peterman, you know he's going to suck ass. And yeah. then you bring in Josh Allen, and as much as Josh Allen, and we saw it, Josh Allen has struggled so far, but guess what? He's not as bad as Nathan Peterman, so it doesn't look as bad. Derek Anderson's going to throw two touchdowns this week. You think? Yeah, against the Colts. He's, th- he's tossing two. So, one will go to Shady on a screen or something, and the other one, I can't even give any credit to. Well, so I have a two-part question for you then. Yeah. Would you go Colts and Survivor? Oh, man. And would you take the Colts defense if you're streaming? I would take I'm, the Colts defense. Yes. I am really terrified of the first one. Yeah, like I can't do that. Like I can't play them in Survivor. If they're a seven and a half Vegas favorite, and I'm still terrified. Like because this week is so awful. Like unless you rebought into one that started maybe in week five because of the Vikings mess or something like that. I mean, all the big names, both Los Angeles teams are gone for most everybody. Yeah. Uh, Green Bay's on a buy, and most people or a lot of people already took them. Uh, who else is out the window? I mean, the Vikings are out the window because a lot yeah, of people took them or got busted on them. So, I mean, you're looking at what the teams are left. You know, it, what do you take? Jacksonville against Houston? And that's an interdivisional game, and it could be bad. Blake, Like, I really don't know who to pick this week, and I'm really – I don't feel good. The best one I honestly feel about is Atlanta, but I'm so worried about their defense. I know, yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking right now, too, and wondering – because you wouldn't touch tonight's game. And since If I came, did, I'd probably go Denver, right? Yeah, I mean – Von Miller basically guaranteed to get win. I'm, I'm, I think the Broncos will win this game. But you look at like Carolina and Philly is a little bit of a that's a toss up. Dallas, Washington inside the division, just like Houston, Jacksonville, uh, the Saints and Ravens. That's a that's a toss up. Chiefs and, and Bengals a toss up. Tampa, Cleveland, like you can't you can't trust that. So yeah, I mean even Miami, Detroit is the same thing, right? And take Kansas so, City, I guess, and the Bengals. Ah uh, man, I don't know. I like See, that. that's so say there's there's nothing think, that makes I, you feel good. Yeah. No, you're right. Nothing. You're gonna sweat this one out regardless. Like you could pick Atlanta and you still you would still sweat it out because their defense is is bad and and Barkley and and Beckham are players that could single handedly like their performances against this Falcons defense could could mean a win for the Giants. Right. So good luck out there, people. I mean, and I the only thing you can hope is pick Philadelphia. The Eagles are gonna beat Carolina. You think so? Yeah, and that's not even just being a homer. Like I, <laughs> I'll say when they, I'll say when they lose, um, or when I think that the pass defense just worries me. Their pass defense does, but I liked what I seen from Carson Wentz and company last week. Just you know, Ertz and Jeffrey getting a lot of the targets, and the offense finally just kind of clicking. See, like, and that's what makes the Eagles or the Jaguars intriguing is because they're both not even inside the top five for picked survivors this week so far. So. If something does go wrong and, you know, the Giants upset the Falcons and the Colts somehow lose, I mean, you possibly knock out 80% of your pool. Yeah, you would. Hey, you know, I'm just not crazy about Carolina's defense. Last year, Wentz went into Carolina, threw three touchdowns on them. They couldn't handle um, Ertz at all. They haven't been able to handle tight ends so far this year, too. So, I don't know. Yeah. 
I'd feel bad if I like pushed you into doing Philly and they lost. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, you can honestly, pick the Colts all you want, man. I don't know yeah. why they're seven and point, seven and a half point favorites. Honestly, I know it's Buffalo, but every week Buffalo gets disrespected on the spread. I, one of my good friends I work with at Fantasy, he's at Sportsnet now, and we talk about this every week. Like he knows the Bills suck. Like he says it, Bills suck. But our defense is really good, and it keeps them in games. Like every single game, they cover. Like it was the game against Minnesota, they crushed them. Last week, they were 10 points. It was 10 and a half, I think, and they were fine. They were, geez, they were winning that game until the very end. And and all the other games, that they've been they've been hanging around. Like, they've been fine. Like, the defense been hanging fine. around this time. Like, Green Bay. Like, Green Bay, Green Bay, they didn't score any points. But it was, tw- <laughs> was Rodgers. Rodgers didn't look great. <laughs> Tennessee, they won that game. And they, like, Tennessee is just awful. Baltimore, Actually, that first game against Baltimore was bad. But that one against the Chargers, yeah, I'm too, not even listening to you right game. now. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I'm telling you, not to pick the Colts. I know. No, look, trust me. You don't need to talk me out of the Colts. I'm, I'm the one that's, like, scared to death to begin with. I was just – I'm also – so because I started singing, hanging around. Know, what are was, you singing? What is that from? Counting Crows. Oh, yeah, Counting Crows, yeah. So, well, to that point, do you oh, still – do you watch South Park? Yes, I do. Last I watch night, it almost episode, every night. Yeah. Oh, did you see the new one? I haven't seen the new one though. So. All right. So there's one part. So I, this isn't gonna really ruin anything. Last night's episode was the first one. Like I really laughed a lot at in a long time. Like I always laugh a couple times or chuckle a couple times. Last night's got me a couple. And at one specific point, I'm just gonna say the hat part with two princes. That's all <laughs> I'm gonna tell you. That's that actually had me rolling. I I, actually, I even rewound it. And then there's something <laughs> nice. they come back to it at the end too. So you'll see. Oh, I can't um, wait. Yeah, rankings and jump back into that. Oh, it's yeah, been rankings. sidebar Thursday. Check the link. Uh, <laughs> running backs. Um, TJ Yeldon. I'm guessing you think too high. It's too high. It's why? just like why do you have him over Michelle? Like why would you have him over Michelle? Because I know he's not sharing the touches. I guess like. There, Look, there, there is that. You asked the question. I want to ask a question to you. Okay. It's the Bears. I'm just saying. I even admitted, and I forget where now. <laughs> it's one of the columns. <laughs> is the fact that this could be a James White game, and where the Bears keep up and their pat. It could be a Sony Michelle game, and yes, this might be. I mean, hell, Sony Michelle might finish number three because he's just ridden in this game and gets two touchdowns. But. We don't know. If I could tell you that in advance, I would love to be able to. I would love to never get anything wrong for you people. Trust me, I would, you people. But I'm going to the fact of, again, it's volume. I know TJ Yeldon's getting 80% of that work, if not more. I mean, look, Jamal Charles, what a surprise, didn't look good. You, it could go either way. If Trubisky comes out flinging the ball like he did with the six touchdowns game, not that he's going to throw for six, but you're telling me this going to be a James White game and Sonny Michelle's kept out of the end zone? Nah, it's just both of them. Like, they're both just going to continue, man. Like, and, and it's a high total, and points are going to be scored. Michelle's had at least 19. To be fair, I have Michelle at 11 for a I know, yeah. It, to be fair, it actually is. No, but you're complaining about Yeldon, and that's fine. Though. Yeah, I just don't. And, and I know last week was he didn't get the touches, and I understand he's going to get all the touches. And the way to kind of beat the Texans is really not to run on them because they're strong against the run. Uh, it just is to pass maybe a couple checkdowns, but this offense looks out of sync. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. I don't think a lot of, a lot of points are going to be put on the board. Yeah. Yelda may end up with 15 carries and five catches, but I, 
feel pretty strong that he's going to be held under probably 70, 60 yards. Like I just don't see a high ceiling from him. And for Chicago, and they've been pretty good against running backs too, but who have they played? Like Jamal Williams, Tom Montgomery week one, Penny and Carson week two, DJ when the Cardinals didn't know how to use DJ, Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones. And then last week they gave up over 160 <laughs> rushing yards time to out. Gordon time Drake. Out. Time out. They still Mike McCoy still doesn't know how to use David Johnson. <laughs> a little bit better though. <laughs> no, no. The thing that's been better, and I'm a huge DJ supporter, and I don't I, I actually even included him in the buy low because the people still looking to sell him off. I don't get it. Like yeah. the guy is an RB1 and I he's know. been used incorrectly. But the volume, that's why, because he's getting yeah. 90% work in the snaps it's about time yeah i'm trying to get dj wherever I but can. let's keep running between the guards that yeah you know, that's genius with with david johnson uh, you know what if you would have told me after week two that he would have five rushing touchdowns i would have said no way in hell this team can't move the ball but you know that's a positive and speaking of which i mean i made a i made a bet with my buddy down in atlanta which surprise surprise when you hear what this bet is you want to talk about homer he's a falcons fan Okay. Um, we were talking trade in our league and it is a keeper league and I knew Calvin Ridley was probably a shot in the dark, but um, I got a lot of bench pieces. He needs some for the bye weeks and stuff like that. I was thinking keeper anyway, like, Oh, look at that run he had for the two weeks. He's going to get back to that. And I said, no, no, no. I was like, I, look, buddy, the fact is what that was happening during those two weeks was unsustainable by basically everybody in football. I don't care if you said Antonio Brown. Right. And so we were going back and forth and back and forth. Just, you know, not fun. Like, it wasn't a huge argument. But then I said, all right, fine. Over, under, rest of the year, I'm taking the under on five touchdowns. Where would you go? Over, under, five touchdowns, Calvin Ridley, rest of season. I would have went under. So, okay, cool. I did. I mean, that's I proposed it. Yeah. Yeah, and he's all about it, right? He's all about Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he's taking the death. He's going to set over. records. He's yeah. Like, he's going to flirt with 20 touchdowns. Yeah. And yeah. I said, well, obviously, this changes if Julio Jones gets hurt. And he's like, oh, no, you want a caveat? I was like, well, no, that's like saying, like, TJ Yeldon getting his yardage would have yeah. been, you know, if Leonard Fournette never got hurt. Like, I mean, you right. know, you yeah. those are the type of things. Like, don't I, everybody out there that makes season-long bets, don't make bets if you don't include some type of injury. Like, a good one is our friend, Pat Mayo. I don't know if you know about it. You know he made the bet with Tim Andercos. He made yeah. the bet about the tight ends. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, obviously, being hurt now, you know, that changes everything. I'm talking about um, uh, Austin Severin Jenkins. Yeah. And there is another bet that they made too. Um, oh, man. Yeah. The Jets with the Jets tight end. And I was with Pat. Oh, Jordan when, Leggett. Yeah. Like it. Oh, that's what it was. It was that's Jordan was. Leggett and James O'Shaughnessy. Yeah. And he was saying that Leggett would have, but he was saying at the start of the year that Leggett would have like a stronger year than I think maybe Austin Severin Jenkins. And then I was with Pat against Jacksonville he scored that touchdown and Pat was just like damn it <laughs> so I gotta listen to this insane person go on again about friggin' Jordan Leggett down for the yeah. entire season yeah but I mean I get it the the Yeldon thing is volume is is certainly key but I just feel like the ceiling sh- and I know you do projections I feel like the ceiling should be higher with uh you know Michelle and Coleman um even white man like He's going to get his too. And Michelle's had at least 100 yards from scrimmage. He's second already in red zone rushing attempts. It's just a given that it seems it seems like a given. It kind of seems like it's hurting other people in this offense, like Gronk. They get down the red zone. It's very like Garrett Blunt-like from a couple of years ago. It's just, You watched that game, here you right? Go. Here you go. Yeah. You watched the Sunday night game, which was yeah. terrific, by the way. Yeah, it was uh, awesome. So if you like for everybody out there that might not have seen it, you know, people have things to do. I'm not saying like, oh, I'm not one of those ones that like, do you even watch the games, bro? Like, uh, like <laughs> Benny. Yeah. No, I, I always say, you yeah, know, no, my, my nephew recaps me on all the games with this crayon drawings. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. 
Um, if you watch that game, Gronk wasn't used until almost the end of the game. I know. Yeah. He was left out the majority of that game. Yeah. I've Pat and I got into this. Have some concerns. It's Gronk. Give Pat fine. so much free pub right now. I know. We really are. <laughs> like, if you were, I don't know, if you picked up an Ebron or I don't know what you're rolling with that tight end, maybe Uzuma. And I know it's crazy and scary to, to trade a Gronk and be like, oh, I'm going to roll with Uzuma and Ebron the rest of the year. Maybe even someone dropped Evan Ingram. I don't know. Like if you could yeah, mention that. Team out, like if you could, if you could get yourself, I don't know, a Dalvin cook, like I don't even think you have to give up that much. Like Gronk is that much. I think you could really give yourself a good balance here of, you know, a yeah. riding or wide receiver to trade a guy like Gronk. And, and the fact that there's so many weapons in this offense and the, the, just the, the injury history with them and the fact that they are using both backs, like, and they're successful. I don't think they're going to go away from that. I don't know what's going to happen. Rex Burkhead comes back. Like there's no reason for them to, to scale the get him in the right back. Yeah. I told, no so somebody was asking me about that and they said on my bench, I've got a blah, 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 people, and one of them was Rex Burkhead, I guess, one of those leagues with no IRs. And I was like, drop him. Like, yeah, when he comes back, true. what role does it like, – like you just said, I know this – we joke about it all the time, and I've, I'm one of the biggest people that hates to get involved with the Patriots' backfield, but you know this, Chris, because I've said it to you and we've said it on the show, is if you get me down to two running backs, I'm all in. Yes, yeah. I want to be involved if there's only two. But there's never only two until right now. What's the point of bringing in Rex Burkhead with how well it's working? So Exactly. Yeah, I mean, he's droppable, but to your point about Gronkowski, yeah, I've seen it even in trades. I've seen people coming to me with trade offers and saying, you know, I give up Gronk, and I think the second running back is, I was going to say, I'm trying to think, I was going to say Mixon, but that's way too high. I'm trying to think, like like a Gronk and like a Adrian Peterson, and people are like, I get back Hunt and Kittle. I'm like, do it! Wow, wow. You get so much that's better on the running about. back. And the tight end isn't as big as a drop-off as people think. It's not – the name drop-off is is there, but the production isn't. I mean, if you look right now, guess where Kittle is? Yeah, One spot ahead of him by two points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and he's – I mean, he's got, I think, six or seven more targets. Their catches are right on par. The touchdowns are, are right on par. It's hard to predict touchdowns. Gronk's probably – you know, any day this guy can have three or four. But I'm with I, – I, that's the kind of trade that I'm talking about right there. Right. Like. Yeah, you, you improve your team, the balance of your squad a little bit more, get yourself a running back. Like, yeah, if you can get a mix in, awesome. Delvin Cook is is a buy-low candidate that I think will be able to turn it on. Uh, I like the fact that they kept him out last week. So, yeah. He's already I, practicing as of yesterday. Exactly. Like, if, I don't own Gronk anywhere. and I think we're, we're a lot alike. We don't draft these tight ends too early. But if I had him, I'd be trying to flip him. You know what the best part about tight ends this year is? So one of my closest best friends is a Lions fan. And of course, he's a, he's a miserable person when it comes to football, obviously. Um, he's so ticked off at Eric Ebron. Like, he <laughs> hates his life because it's like, because he jokes about it all the time, like people leave the Lions or people go to the Patriots and become good. Like, especially just go to the Patriots. Like, people, right. the Patriots do this all the time anyway. Oh, but the Eric Ebron thing is just burning him alive. And, like, when he caught a touchdown the other week, I was like, man, you hate him so much. Like, and he, like, I mean, cursed. And I know it was all in jest. But, like, this curse-filled tirade of he can go jump off a cliff. Like, just, <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I, just and I was just laughing. I almost tweeted it out, but I would have had to block too much of it out. And then people would have been out there like – 
not understanding that he doesn't really want Eric Ebron to die, yeah, but no, yeah. <laughs> they, they take they would take it too far. Yeah, I, you know he's still doing Ebron like things. Like he still has dropped a bunch of balls, like thirty catches on his fifty-two targets, but six touchdowns. He's a red zone beast. We already knew that he was a red zone beast, and it's just worked out perfectly. Are you looking at stats right now? No, I just know this okay. from Ebron. Okay. Like I write him well, up every day on the, the oh every week on the Ultimate DFS Pass for the Footballers, which you do some stuff for too. It's like I get it. It's Ebron, but there's nobody else there right now. He's getting a lot of targets. And even when Doyle was there, he had those two uh, red zone targets and two touchdowns. So I wanted to ask you to see if you knew. Second most tight end touchdowns behind Ebron. Who has the second most? Or just what's even the number? Oh, it's... I think Burton has three. Mm. Uh, I think he has like two chinky ones that he like... Burton does have three, and that is the second closest number. There's three with three. You want to try and guess the other two? Oh, man. Um, Big name. And then, yes, Kelsey's number two. And then he just came back. He just came back. Oh, OJ Howard? No, he doesn't have three, does he? Teammate. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. And it's like three straight games, I think. He he only had one catch last week, but I think he has a touchdown. And one target. By the way, I'm still an OJ Howard for everybody out there that's wondering. That that use for everybody like, hey, Winston and great, they're boys. It didn't look that way last week. No, it didn't. OJ Howard looks great. He looks, um, yeah, he looks so happy. I'm so happy about that. All right. Next next year, I think we're looking at him as a top five tight end. Um, I'm going to loop all three of these together. I know originally you had two of them together because they're teammates. And again, I don't know which way you're going with this one. And it doesn't actually surprise me. Whatever. It's the Dolphins running backs. It's Corin Drake, but also Peyton Barber. So all three of these, I just bang my head against the wall. Which way are you going with these? Yeah, I, I think it's just a talking point because every week I rank Drake ahead of Gore, but every week Gore outproduces them. But last week, you know, Drake had more carries in the ground. They gave him that opportunity. It's so funny. I was listening to that broadcast and it's, I forget who the color commentator was. He's like, this is why Adam Gase loves Gore. He loves him. He could trust him. He doesn't put the ball on the ground. He uses him all the time. And Gore went all the way down the field. And then what happened at the one Drake got the ball and then yeah. he fumbled. Well, but speaking to you, back to for people that don't know exactly. So I was going to say real quick, um, just to interject a lot of Gore's yards, came in overtime for people that don't realize that. But anyway, go ahead. He was strong in overtime and the fact they went back to Drake after that fumble and had the catch and, and set them up for uh, the game-winning field Maybe goal. they don't hate the Drake. Maybe they don't hate the Drake, but like, what, like for you, I guess I just want to know your reasoning. Like, why is there such a big gap? I mean, this is this is a great matchup, but every single week it's it's Gore who gets the majority of the carries. Like, it's he always has has more attempts than than Drake. So why Drake ahead of him? Is this you're just going upside? No, well, I mean that's part of it, and this is a terrific matchup because it's the Lions. Yeah, it's an awesome the, matchup. Yeah, the only thing better than that is the Cardinals, honestly. But I will say this, and maybe this is getting into my own head. Maybe this is past usage, and I need to rely more on this year's numbers than previous year's numbers. But the use this week, I don't expect to be. This is, I'll give you the comparison. I, I kind of have a feeling, use wise, this is going to be Adrian Peterson after his big games. Like, he's 35 years old. Yeah, like, that's fair. The use that he saw, and I know it wasn't 20, 25 touches, but it was an overtime game. It was a lot of snaps. It was a lot of touches, his most, uh, in a, quite a while. Um, I think I just, that was his most productive game like three or four years. It was. He, you know, he's only the sixth running back in history to have a 100-yard rushing game at the age of 35 or later. Oh, that's impressive. I yeah, mean, he you just, know, he Riggins did it like six or seven times. 
Yeah. He, he just hold, hold on. Let me check it real quick. I want to see if you can guess some of the names. Uh, you're not going to. You're definitely not going to guess one of them. I actually tweeted out the picture because the one you're not going to guess, who's the, also the oldest person to do it at 36.2 years old, was MacArthur Lane oh. on October 1st of 1978. Yeah, so I already gave you Riggins, who did it one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. He did it from the age of 35 to 36, where he had 100 plus rushing yards. Do you want to guess? Well, you're not going to get Bill Brown either. I don't even know who Bill Brown is. I'm not, I probably won't get any of them. The other two, they're both Hall of Famers. Oh, Sanders, Sanders, and Dickerson. Um, no one, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I'm out. Uh, Emmett Smith. Oh, yeah, Emmett Smith. With the Cardinals. Yeah, should have known. Not with the Cowboys. And then Marcus Allen. Oh, yeah, fair. I should have known the Emmett Smith one. Emmett Smith actually. remember that. Yep. Emmett Smith did both of his in October of the same year. He was also one for one for a passing touchdown on 21 yards in one of those games. Woo. That's a little bonus. It's, <laughs> it's, it's so interesting. Like Gore, like, I had this conversation with so many people, and I'm sure you have too. It's just like, ah, he's hanging around the waiver wire. It's like, why do I want to put him? Like, where's the ceiling at the hey, end well, of the year? Chris, like, Chris. Or is like, a, what? Hold on. Are you telling me he was hanging around? I could just sing that every time I do it. Yeah. Let me see. <laughs> Down and Crows. He, he's just hanging around. And <laughs> at the end of the year, this guy's going to finish as RB22 in standard leagues, and he's going to be started nowhere. I think this is the week where people could actually you know, start him with all these, you know, four teams on by and some injuries. I think he's, I, I honestly would just feel slightly better about playing him over Drake. And I know I'm alone. I'm crazy. I'm side by side. I have Drake ahead in PPR and I have Gordon standard. He's out carried him in four games. That's fine. Maybe I, like I said, maybe I need to go back and look things over a little bit. And then I think Barber's a good conversation too. Like what's your thoughts on him? Because Ronald Jones is, not the guy and that guy hey, was we were, on the we're, field catching balls last week i know what that the heck you know red zone catch I, I, we do our like so okay if anybody missed matthew barry's rant on the whole alfred morris situation and him needing one fantasy point it's yeah, just all that yeah okay this is the perfect it's the epitome of what we're doing like we do our best and i even said this in the rankings column this week even the best of the best Sometimes myself included, sometimes other people as well, 70, 75% correct at best because we're predicting sports. We're predicting outcomes that we have no control over. We're also trying to basically be psychic and, you know, try to predict what's going to happen with the youth. Alfred Morris, perfect. The entire week, it's Alfred Morris. The entire week is Matt Breida might not play this game. And then all of a sudden is, all right, that extra day of practice, he might suit up and, well, you might have to worry about Dalvin Cook type of situation where he gets a few carries and that's it for the rest. Nope. It was just Matt Breida. It was just yeah. Matt Breida and Raheem Mostert all of a sudden so, getting involved. Um, yeah. But this is the same situation as the Peyton Barber is we go into the bye and Ronald Jones starts getting carries and the assumption by many people, myself included, was there's the clue. Yeah, Peyton Barber is a mediocre running back. They're making the switch. Good time. Bye. Let's start start the transition. We'll do have a lot of practices to be ready. Coming out of the bye and nope. It's all Peyton Barber. Ronald Jones not getting used, except as you mentioned, for three pass catches. 
he didn't even have, what do you have one carry? I was shocked. I was shocked in this matchup. I thought they could take advantage and use him. You mentioned the bye week at two weeks with Jameis Winston to, to run with the first team offense and just nothing. He wasn't even really involved. He had those catches. Everyone's like, Oh, he can't catch. He can't catch. Like, and he, you know, you look at his college career, he hardly caught any balls, but then he had those three catches. They bring him into the red zone. I'm like, Oh, they're going to give him a red zone opportunity here to run nope. the ball. They know it was like a catch. I'm like, what is happening? So, I don't know. Now I'm like, well, maybe Barber, and I know it's a sticky situation, but Cleveland, they've allowed the fourth most rushing yards per game, 4.7 yards per carry is the third highest mark on just that main slate. So I'm looking at him, maybe there's like a sneaky little DFS play. And then the seventh most fantasy points allowed to running back. So at 28, he's going to be too high or too low. Yeah. I, I have him slightly higher than you. Um, well, I mean, look at the names in front of him. I mean, do you want to start him in front of Mac? That was a legitimate question. I, I, know. That's what, I know it was. Because I think Brita, no. Cohen, yeah, maybe a non-PBR. I could see an argument for it, but you know, there's another in, insane situation to deal with. Carry on with, and this is carry on potentially with no theoretic, which you know, I'm one of the biggest you know, the arguments against carry on Johnson. The fact that his workload doesn't change. It's if they're right. down, it's more theoretic. If they're up, it's more Levera Blunt, but it's carry on's carry on every single week. But yeah. If the Riddick is out, that changes things. But, you know, Dalvin Cook practicing Wednesday, Phil Lindsay in a glorious match. Like, that's the thing is. I know, it's tough. It's like, think, where, where would you put him ahead of? Yeah. So, I think, like I said, the biggest one is would you go, if it's you, if it's your team and you own Barber or Mac, where are you going? I would play, I would play Barber. Okay. I would. Um, just because the matchup and I feel like there'll be some points, but. I know, it, I know it is splitting hairs, but I just thought it was an interesting debate because, you know, Barber was hanging around the waiver wire. Again, <laughs> hanging around. He was on the waiver wire last week. I grabbed him in one league thinking, well, maybe if, maybe Jones isn't going to get the ball. Maybe he's not going to. And now I'm going to play him, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start him. So I actually feel a little bit more comfortable playing him over Clement. And um, if Cook plays, you play Cook. And Cohen, you mentioned Cohen. And um, Ingram, actually. Okay. All right, let's uh, rapid fire a couple of these last ones, or yeah. all of the, all of the last ones. <laughs> it, it's mostly just Evans. I want to hear your thoughts on on Mike. Evans. Well, I want to hear your thoughts. I don't know if he's too high. Or too, I have him at ten. Was it is too high or too low? He's too high. Yeah, it's too. Oh, okay. Too high for me. Yeah, I don't. And and Cleveland has given up some monster performances uh, for some top tier wideouts. I understand that. I just. I, I'm looking more at some guys ahead that I feel a lot more comfortable about that are going to get targets and catches and, and Landry and Boyd and Diggs. I know you're high on Woods. I am too. Well, Landry's been kind of left down. out the last two weeks. He yeah. has been, but I think this is a matchup where he can get you know back on back on you know track here with you know, Tampa, like right in the slot. Like, come on. So Tampa's you you're that you're that afraid of Denzel Ward already? Um, not really that afraid. Like I said, you guys have, you know, had some pretty good games against them. I think it's more Jameis and all the other weapons. Like all of a sudden Humphreys, he's throwing the ball to Humphreys. Um, you know, Sean Jackson's in there. Godwin's been pretty productive. Well, I did year. mention, so the Godwin situation, I mentioned the waiver column, the fact that I'm more worried about him and Deshaun Jackson, because if you look at the snap counts, the one thing is that the two things that are consistent is Mike Evans and Adam, like Adam Humphreys is the slot wide receiver. Mike Evans is the number one. You get down to Godwin and Deshaun Jackson, they're both in the low 30s for snaps, and they're splitting because it's they're, they're splitting that role. And I'm, not, I'm not talking about that as an argument for Mike Evans. I was just, for everybody out there, 
Um, I would still probably lean Godwin at this point, but I, I don't want to trust either. And it's probably going to be a headache week to week when it comes to those guys. So, uh, do you uh, have like what like what's your take on Evans? Like, do what's your feeling? Like, we've had this conversation. I think we had this conversation last year with you and I and Joe. Like, is he elite? Like, is he a top ten guy anymore? Like, how does Jameis throw the ball forty one times, almost four hundred yards, and like Evans has four catches for fifty eight? I like, the red zone. Honestly, throw to him. Can't answer that. But it's it's more of the people behind him. And I, you know, you made your case for a couple, but I'm going to keep him in front of Landry with the use. And I guess on the flip side of that, it's is the matchup and is Baker Mayfield. I guess the lowest I would probably go is 14. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna start either one of the Lions, even though I love both of them. But yeah, that's where I have him 14. That's where I have him 14. After all those guys, like after I- Diggs, Keenan Allen, and Jarvis Landry. Yeah, even Boyd. Like, why not Boyd in this matchup? See, but you know what's interesting? Yeah. Keenan Allen and Mike Evans have kind of fallen into the same conversation. They have. Keenan Allen's disappeared. Yeah, I think more people are... I'm hearing more about Keenan Allen. Like, nobody wants Keenan Allen. I I suppose both of these guys are by lows. I mean, this... Keenan Allen, Mike Evans, or... Who's the other one? Because I just had a conversation with somebody the other day. Mm, Oh, Keenan Allen... AJ Green, that's who it was, and Mike Evans rank him the rest of the year. Um, I think I, I think I would go Green. I'm pretty sure the schedule is really nice for him. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. You, knew. So, you knew. Yeah, Green, and then um, <laughs> I don't know, Green and and Allen Evans. That's actually the order I would go for the rest yeah. of the season as well. Yeah. All right. Kitty Let up. me get you out of here on this one then, because we already talked about Chester Rogers. Were, were you yeah. going to say he's too high or too low? I, I agree with your point. You already brought it up earlier. You you just nailed it. If no Hilton, then I don't like him as much. But if Hilton's playing white, and I still like him. Yeah, I still think he should be slightly higher. He's, All right, that's it. Quick. Yeah, that's we'll it. He's continued you. to yeah. be productive. No, yeah. No, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing Rodgers, man, three weeks in a row. He's going to leave me with fantasy glory. Uh, get the hell out of here. Yeah. David and Joku, last one. I'm crazy. I have him at three. I'm I'm – Nuts, I guess. For one, obviously, I, I love the matchup. Ebron and Kittle in front of him. <laughs> I, I have... Are you starting um, in front of Gronk? I mean, I, obviously, I would start Gronk, but Njoku's going to have a better game than Gronk. Like, you know, I'm not telling anyone to, oh, my God, I have both of these guys and playing Njoku. This meeting guy said to play Njoku. Njoku, 12 yep. targets, 7 you catches. You heard it. Last week, first. season high, had the touchdown. His 46 targets are the fourth most at the tight end position. In the three games with Baker Mayfield, he's had at least seven targets, five grabs, 52 yards. And the Bucks, man, they suck, especially against tight ends. They've been up the most fantasy points. So I feel really confident in Joku and this chemistry that him and Baker have. Like he's and, and you mentioned Landry, he's kind of disappeared lately. I think this is why. Like it's just in Joku, like in Joku all day, in Joku all day. And if you remember when he came into that game, I think it was against the Jets. And and Mayfield came into that game, and Njoku had nothing. Like, and it was right away he was whipping him into to Njoku. So, I would have him over Kittle. I'd have him over Ebron. Fine, play Gronk ahead of him. Obviously, drinking the Kool Aid. Oh man, it's powerful here in Canada. <laughs> it's got to keep you warm on those whatever Celsius days with your centimeters of snow and all that type of stuff. And oh, man, oh, it's, it's no. zero right now. It's zero. Yeah, it's thirty-two for everybody out there that doesn't know. And he yeah. had eight inches of snow or twenty centimeters for whatever we were talking about beforehand. But Silly I already said, follow you at Chris Meany. Um, and Chris, 
Yeah. Let everybody know where you be hanging around. I'll be hanging around articles. I'll be hanging around at uh, <laughs> the athletic tip off basketball already happened. So if you're into basketball, I'll be covering uh, basketball waiver wire pieces on Monday, hockey as well. And my rankings, football stuff, my out to lunch rankings where I have a joke who's so high. Um, Fan tracks. That's where you can find them. (laughs) (laughs) Not forgetting at all where I work. Check the link that I'm not sure of what it is. (laughs) Fan tracks. Fantasy footballers. Jake does some stuff there as well. So fantasy footballers, you've been killing it, man. It's a good package for those who are into DFS. I know you cover some DFS in your articles, um, but you also cover some of the footballers. And uh, I I don't know. Give yourselves a pat on the back. We're we're doing some good stuff over there. Yay. Yay. All right. That is it for today. We'll be back on Tuesday. As always, I'll have another special guest for you guys. And Chris will be back next Thursday. question right it was cursed or something else people no, asking you questions but they're not reading your reading your yeah that's the, that's the thing look uh, all right so it's kind of anybody that knows me at this point knows that even though the tweet was curse versus kiki who do i start in my rankings column i need to go take a walk with a bunch of angry emojis knows that it's also tongue-in-cheek like yes i'm annoyed yes i'm not going to answer your question because if you just scroll up the answer is there I'm yeah. going to answer, like, there's so many questions. Yeah, you see, there's comments in every single one of my articles. The chat rooms, there was only like 500, and I can only get to about half of them at best. So I skip past those. I tell people in advance, like, I'll circle back if I can, if I have right. time, to, to basically tell you what the rankings say. But that's why I started hashtag check the link years ago. So, <laughs> and anyway, I put that on Twitter. And then, of course, I got the one dude who came after me goes, I can't believe you would charge that much for your rankings anyway. Okay. I work for the <laughs> athletic. I'm not it. individually doing it. Although there's a lot of people out there who told me they would pay. And then the second part was that I got the, they need your advice or like whatever, which is free. I'm taking it on my free time. Do your job. I got to do your job. I got that guy. Wow. Wow. I mean, <laughs> that's a little disrespectful because you are doing your job and you put in so much time. You work harder than, than I'd say. say we, well, I don't want to, I don't want to say maybe you, uh, we all do. We all do. You're right. We, we all do. And you know, it's, it's a lot of time and it's a lot of research and sometimes you, you know, you get punks like that. Um, who, like you said, come after you and, and say things like that, but you know what you work for, we both actually work for a legit site. Uh, your rankings are there. You do hard work. And, and I saw that tweet and yeah, it's it's jokes, You're tongue in cheek, but it's right there, man. Like it's right there in the paragraph, and I read your column every week. I read I read all of them, and you know if somebody's going to ask about Corey Clement, like what's your thoughts on Corey Clement? What's your thoughts on Chris Thompson? What's your thoughts on Kurt Snead, uh, Kiki Q? It's like it's all there for you. Like those are my thoughts. I've written them all out for you. <laughs> 
just for you. It's like, it's not for me. Like, you know what I mean? Like you play in multiple fantasy leagues. I do as well. Uh, so it's, it's, it's common. Yeah, I have no problem with the trade questions. All that. And then the best part, like, cause that had followed up a tweet before that, where I was talking about the waiver column, which said, would you pick up Mac or Peyton Barber? Which if you scroll up, there's an entire paragraph about Marlon Mack. And then there's a question that was immediately after that, that if Marshawn Lynch is out, who do we want, Doug Martin or Jalen Richard? By the way, if you scroll up, there's an entire italicized paragraph because it was updated after the, the article was posted because the news came out after the article was posted about the Marshawn Lynch. And that's my point. I was just joking to the fact that it's obvious people just open the article yeah. Don't even look at it. Scroll to the bottom and then a- answer my question. Some people's kids, man, like they don't follow the directions. You see that all the time. Nobody reads instructions anywhere. They just skip. I, have you ever had – there was this test once, and 90% of my class got fooled. We were, we were much younger, and it was just – the first question said, don't do the first 10 questions. Skip right <laughs> to question 14 and only do that. And people didn't even pay attention to that. They just did it all. I had two. I had, well, not two. I had, well, two different examples. I have one that's not like not yours, but just like that. It was if you read the entire. And I think he purposely did it. It was like a paragraph of introduction yes, to to the to the exam. And when you got to the end of it, it said jump to the last question and turn in the test. Yeah. And it was yeah. like so you flip the page over, you answer the and the last one was it was like a paragraph essay. Yeah. But, I mean, you skipped. There was like thirty questions on this exam. You skipped them and, all, yeah. Yep. And so, it, obviously, at that point, like halfway through, like people started catching on because a bunch of us, like about, I say, about a third of the class had gotten up and turned in our exam, and everybody else is sitting there, like, "How the hell did you finish yeah, that?" Class? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So there was that, and then I did one of those, you know, the business meetings of group connect and learning and all the like synergies and you know what I'm talking about like where you get oh, yeah. to get together and they did this thing where they divided up the team into men and women and all of a sudden I know today you can't do that anymore but they just yeah. understand there was there was the whole point of and it was very telling it was funny it was two tests and it was it was a fun thing it was like assemble something it was a game thing but there was a bunch of instructions on both and it was the men versus the women and the funny thing was it was an example of just the differences of between men and women how we process information and it's very so the thing was is that the men if you went through what we ended up doing is we go all right what's step one let's do it step two let's do it step three let's do it the women read through the entire thing including all the steps it wasn't it's kind of similar to that paragraph thing and what there's what if you read through the entire thing by the time you got to like step 10 or 12 or whatever it was it was you could skip so much of it and just do this and you were done. And that, that was just the whole point was the process. Like women will read all of the instructions, circle back and start at the beginning. Men go step one, step two, step three, step like you're assembling a piece of furniture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a cool experiment for, you know, teachers and stuff to do that kind of thing. It's the same thing that happened in my class. Like, wait, how are you guys done so fast? <laughs> It's like, well, just like read the instructions. And I think that's people, what people do, you know, check the link. They, they check it. They look for their guy in rankings and then they want, you know, some analysis from it. And they re- don't realize that, hey, there there is up top. Like most of the talking points that people have the questions for, you know, Jake has you covered. <laughs> He's, <laughs> you know, like you said, Lynch went out. Who would I pick up? What's going to happen in Oakland? Already covered for you. Yeah. In detail. So <laughs> Broke not, that down. not just check the link, people like. Read the article. <laughs> uh, yeah, I put a lot of work in it. I appreciate all of our articles, your articles with basketball. By the way, 
Is there any chance that the Warriors don't win this year? Uh, I mean, only if they're <laughs> not healthy. And I'm not talking about DeMarcus Cousins. They don't need them to win right. the championship. We've already seen them win. So did, did the Thunder, were they just like, you know what? We're going to lose anyway. Why, why risk Russell Westbrook? I was about to, I had to pause on that because if you notice, why risk Russell Westbrook? That's actually kind of tough to say. I, I trip up on that name all the time. I really have to focus when I say Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Well, he's coming off the knee surgery. I think there's no rush for, for, yeah, OB. we're, uh, we're facing the Warriors. What the hell? Who cares? Yeah. And that's it too, right? Like it's, it's just. It's a super team. We all know that now. For anyone that doesn't follow the NBA and you're just like, you're looking back and they've won all these championships over the past three years. This is what you years. do on NBA 2K when you trade for a bunch of people. It, is, it really <laughs> is. You're you're like playing with a superstar team. Like back in the day when you're playing, it's like, oh, who do you want to be? The Bulls, the Supersonics, you know, the Jazz, or the East or the West. Like, And that's what it is. With You're with, picking the West? <laughs> it's like... They're just a superstar. The only way I, I can't see, you know, Houston played them really well last year, um, you know, with uh, Chris Paul and, and arguably probably could have won if, if Paul didn't, you know, he didn't suit up for game six and seven and they were up in that series. But their team is, is completely different now. You bring in Melo, he can't defend this team at all. So he's, he's going to be in a, a lot of hurt when, when they go head to head. I just don't see anyone going toe to toe with this team at all. Like, there's just too much firepower. The only way, Jake, is if you know Curry or Durant, like dies. Those two, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they were just done, you know what I mean. Like Curry or Durant would have to be done. Um, you know, maybe even Draymond because he's very underrated. He's so strong defensively, what he brings to them. So yeah, it's just we're not even talking about Clay. Like it's just it's unbelievable. Yeah, talk about practice. That's yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah. Well. You know, hey, by the way, I forgot because I just got, I, while we're doing this, I just got a text, probably a lot of people did, from Chipotle that the Ooh. burrito is back, that you can get your $4 burrito on Halloween if you dress up, which, eh, that's fine. Like, I always, I always said Chipotle doesn't have the best discounts, especially because their text offers usually are like, hey, a reminder, we have guacamole. Like, that's not an offer. That's just, yeah, like, come on. Man. Thank you for the information. <laughs> Yeah. This is actually half decent. I mean, that's that's almost almost half price. It's kind of about what thirty five percent if you only get the chicken burrito. But anyway, I wanted to follow up because I told a lot of people you didn't help me out by like adding Chipotle tweets, and I was very annoyed. I don't know if you remember this. I was very annoyed because I got a burrito bowl for anybody that doesn't know. I got a burrito bowl the one day. Chipotle is about fifteen minutes away from me, so it's not just right around the corner where. So you'll understand that why that's important in a second. I got home and I just, so I, you know how they always put a bag no matter what I told him, I was like, Oh, I don't need a bag. Well, I'm getting a bag every single time now because yeah, yeah, yeah. I was walking in my garage door and I dropped the burrito bowl and the lid popped off. So uh, 90% of it spilled out and I took a picture of it because, you know, if I said, oh, yeah, I, ran, I, I, I dropped my Chipotle. Give me a free burrito. Like, you know, whatever. Yeah, it was a sure bowl. Guy. So it's all over the floor. It's in the garage floor. So I was very angry. I, I said quite a few Pat Mayo words um, to <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> and I tweeted at Chipotle tweets just to say, you know what? Maybe they're like, oh, it's a tough day. Go get 50% off or something like that. Like, because I wasn't saying, it was my fault. I wasn't yeah. expecting them to be like, here's a free burrito or something like that. It just, and then they didn't respond. And then other people tweeted them. And then I like, some point I was just like, can I at least get a like tough day, bro? Or something like that. Like just... <laughs> 
<laughs> something because they're responding to other people's tweets. Some dude tweeted, I, I told you this. This is men are from Mars, women are from Venus, but burritos are great or something stupid like that. And they were like, ho, 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 it's the truth. I'm like, really? You <laughs> can't tweet me back about my busted burrito? In any case, went back to the store. The manager, I showed the picture to the manager. I said, hey, can, you know, give me, I even said like a buck or two off. And he was like, oh, I got you covered. So I just want to say, nice. Chipotle in Virginia Beach on Virginia Beach Boulevard uh, to that owner in that store. Thank you. I just want to say that. And then your offer is still kind of meh, but uh, I just want to. <laughs> <laughs> That's great because other people, man, in Toronto, I'm telling you right now, they tell you to go suck it. You go bring <laughs> anything or some pictures or, oh, or whatever. They say. No, 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 no. That's. I thought everybody that's in Canada fun. was super nice. And yeah. I thought they, you would walk in there and be like, oh, sorry. Powerful. <laughs> yeah, you would think that. And in most areas of Canada, probably. But Toronto is like a whole nother beast, man. It's just, it's a, it's a fast paced city. I'm from a town of like 10,000 tops and like half of it's, it's a, it's a military base. Everyone's super friendly. Everyone knows each other. There's like two street lights. Uh, <laughs> out here there's, it's, it's not the same, man. They don't care at all about stuff like that and they could screw it up and they could be the reason like, that's it. Like they'll look at you. Like you could ask for, well, Chipotle, like they can mess your whole order up. And you can go up to them and say, like, this is not what I asked for. I asked for without this. I asked for extra this. And they'd look at you like, really? You're going to waste my time right now? There's like 50 people online. I got things to do here. I got, I got to get off. I've been on my feet for like four hours. And, I'm, and, then, and then you're like, no, really? Like, <laughs> I want my correct order. Like, come on. And then you're like, oh. it's just a pain, man. But You ever notice, like, with the cheese, they act like it's their money or something? Yeah, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> pay extra like you're just stingy on the cheese man like another yeah, just like just there. give me a little bit more and then they pull yeah. like three strands and like oh thank you i that. always feel when i go to let oh when i go to let jeez when i go to subway and I ask for extra lettuce i always feel like they're it's like their restaurant and they paid for the lettuce and they can only give up so much and i'm just <laughs> asking for a little bit because you I hardly know I think this is an American one. You don't have Jersey Mike's up there by you, do you? No, no Jersey Mike's. Oh, okay. They put like a freaking head of shredded lettuce on your sandwich. I'm like, hey, do you want some lettuce? And boom, let me put some more on it. I'm like, I told them easy lettuce one time, and it was still like half the sandwich. Let's just get a quarter of lettuce, please. <laughs> let me grind up this head. Here you go. Jersey Mike's. They, they love the lettuce. Subway is a little stingy. A little stingy. Uh, that's surprising, too, because lettuce is nothing. I mean, no, was it like a dollar for an entire head of lettuce? Yeah, especially what they get it in bulk and super cheap. It comes in a big bag. Like, yeah, it's nothing for them. Like, yeah. The veggies are more expensive than that. You want to approach it for Chipotle, by the way? And I'm sure there's others out there. So feel free to share these. Feel feel free to share at all and get it at Chris Meany, by the way, because yes. I didn't even mention where they could follow you. And if you do the half and half, but pause before you tell them what the other half is, a lot of times you'll get a full portion of the first thing. So if you're like, I want chicken and just pause, let them pour the chicken <laughs> on there and say, and, and a half steak. And then you kind of get like a portion and a half. I'm just telling you, it's, it's for real. Man, that's beautiful. That's cool. You just figured that out on your own? Uh, no. So somebody told me another tip and it made me think to try that. Oh. Their, tip, uh, their tip was similar, but it was, I forget what it was. It was something about the meats, too. Was, I think it was something about double. It's like, don't tell them you want double. Be That's what it, it was. Don't tell them you want double before they give it to you. So say, like, I want chicken, wait from the scoop, and then say, I want double. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times when they double, they just kind of eye portion it, where if you say you want double, they'll give you like two full scoops. 
Okay, fair. Nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to try that out. Maybe on Halloween. Now I yeah. Or here, you know what you can do? You can just go to Moe's because Moe's, they, they don't just, they're like, here, what do you want? How much do you want? Sure, no problem. I'm just, so you know. I don't have sure. Moe's. 